this guy was an 86 year old farmer, like tough guy. And he broke down in tears, started saying, God bless you. God bless you in Spanish. And then just hugged me. And I started crying and he's crying and everybody's crying. (laughs) And that was when I knew that this is where we need to be. have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. Discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Brought to you by your host, Dorothy Ilson. What's up and welcome. On this show, my guests are all very different, but they share one important understanding, that achieving tremendous financial success and making a massive difference can go hand in hand. They believe, as I do, that creating wealth is the greatest multiplier in your ability to maximize your positive impact on the world and to experience a truly fulfilled life. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Travis Ziegler. Travis graduated in 2010 from the Ohio State University College of Optometry with magna cum laude honors. He is the founder of iLove, whose mission is to end preventable blindness. Travis and his wife, Dr. Jenna Ziegler, use the profits from iLove to fund free and low-cost clinics in Jamaica. They also started a charity called the iLove Cares Foundation, which provides exams, glasses, and sunglasses for those in need, free education, and scholarships for students that align with their mission. Previously, Travis and Jenna owned two optometry practices, which they sold in 2017 to focus on their online efforts. Travis enjoys traveling to Jamaica, training for marathons, and playing the ukulele while he drinks his morning coffee. Travis, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really excited to have you. Thanks for having me on, Dorothy. Happy to be here. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so that pretty much sums up kind of what we've been doing lately, but it all started back in 2007. And actually, no, it was more like 2008. And it was my second year of optometry school, and we went on our first mission trip to Ecuador. And I helped somebody that was in need of glasses in an exam. And when I saw how much this kind of mission, we'll go into the mission probably a little bit more later, changed somebody's life, I knew my life would be changed forever. After optometry school, I did private practice for about five years, and I worked for my uncle in Columbus, Ohio, and I always felt like something was missing. And so my wife and I did the three things you're not supposed to do. We quit our jobs, we moved across the country, and we didn't just start one business, but we started three businesses all at the same time. We started two optometry practices, and then we also started an online business called iLove. And then I still felt like something was missing and it, it was I was always going crazy when I was in the office seeing patients and I knew I could help more people than I could just one-on-one with patients and so what we noticed is that our practices were growing really well but our online business was growing even more and we could help more people online than we could in our practices so we ended up selling one practice in June of last year then we sold the other practice in January of this year and then we ended up moving out of South Carolina and we're now just kind of touring the country getting to know our customers and just kind of getting to know them more and focusing on our online efforts more. So that's where we are present day. And it's great because we get to go on more mission trips than we did in the past. We used to just go to Jamaica every year in October. And now we're actually adding mission trips and we're going to try to go to three, around three a year or so. And so that's kind of my life since 2007. And luckily my wife has gladly been going along with this. And we had our first son last November. So he's joining us as well. And he's actually coming to our mission trip in July. 
not to Jamaica though in October. So it's been a lot of fun. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So going from having built and sold two optometry practices to now running a seven-figure e-commerce brand, it's, I imagine, a fairly unique path in the optometry world. So what would you say has been the biggest challenge as you've made that leap into the world of online business? Well, I'd say the biggest challenge is replacing your income because you know you have to think about. We were both doctors, and optometrists don't make you know the two hundred thousand a year like some doctors do, but we still make a pretty significant income. And one of our biggest challenges was overcoming just kind of the fear of okay, we've always had this kind of backup plan of if anything happens to our online business, we can always go back to being optometrists, and we still have that. But we decided to go all in and just stop practicing optometry. My wife will go back part time, but I think that was our biggest challenge. Is leaving, getting rid of that safety net and moving forward with our online business. But it was one of the best things that we could have ever done because when we sold our one practice in June, we actually doubled our business by January. And so it was something that once we started focusing on the online business that it really started taking off. And we're kind of in the stage now of we didn't have much growth from January to now, but we're implementing teams and we're getting more people in place. And so I would say our biggest challenge is getting rid of that safety net and really relying on our online business to be our primary income. And we took a pay cut because of it, but we like to keep as much money in the business because we know that every dollar we keep in this business, we'll get $4 back out when we either sell it or hire more people, or it just, it just multiplies more in the business than it does when we have it in our own pocket. And I know you have been hugely successful with doing this so far. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your mindset around money. And I know that you know, we all know what a massive problem that student loans have become for Gen X and, and now millennials. So I'm curious if you have ever been in debt and if so, how did that affect your mindset about money? <laughs> oh, have we ever been in debt? Yes, we have a lot of debt. We both got our doctorate. So we are both north of $150,000 in student loan debt. And so that creates a very scarce mindset in people. And it makes you not want to spend more money because you have this massive debt load And what we've done to replace that scarcity mindset is we've actually done some investments that have actually replaced our loan payment. And so we no longer have to think about making the money to pay those student loans. We actually did about a couple investments last year and the passive income that those create per month actually pays for our student loans. And so getting rid of that student loan thought process has really helped kind of shift our scarcity mindset into more of an abundance mindset. And a lot of people are scarce-minded. And when you start to to rethink your relationship with money and become more abundance-minded, everything takes off. Your wealth takes off, your capital takes off, your cash flow takes off. And that took about two years of really just focusing on that because the unfortunate thing is 99% of people are scarce-minded. And so they think of, I can't afford this or... I can't do that because I don't have enough money. And when you talk like that, you're scarce-minded. But what we do now is, okay, this costs us $10,000. We instead say, how can we make that $10,000? Instead of thinking, I can't afford that right now. And when you start to shift your mind to be more abundance-minded, you then, I mean, you then take care of everything. And so that's how we've dealt with our debt and our student loans. We don't really have any consumer debt. We just have that, that student loan. And that's how we took care of that is we figured out a way to make the money passively per month to help pay for those student loans. And that's really helped us get out of that whole scarcity mindset and switch to abundance thinking. That's remarkable. So then what advice would you have for someone who is looking to turn around a lack mindset or you know, rewrite negative thought patterns around money? 
So we actually followed somebody pretty closely and a lot of people know Dave Ramsey and Dave Ramsey is the definition of scarcity minded. So we actually followed Dave Ramsey for a little while and his principles are very good for some people. But then we came across somebody named Garrett Gunderson with Wealth Factory. And with Garrett Gunderson, he is the definition of abundance mindset. And we read his book, Killing Sacred Cows is his first book. And then we also just started following him in general and would read something that he put out every single week. And as you read more and more, and as you consume more information on abundance mindset thinking, your brain just shifts naturally. And it's pretty much whatever you consume in the media and whatever you consume is going to change your mindset for the better or worse. That's why I don't watch the news because it tends to be mostly negative. And if you watch the news, you're going to be negative mindset or you're going to have a negative mindset and you're not going to think that there's good in this world. And there is, and we don't tend to watch the news because of that. And same thing with scarcity versus abundance mindset. It's whatever you put in front of yourself is what you're going to believe. And I have friends that are Dave Ramsey followers and we could talk till we're blue in the face about abundance versus scarcity. And they're always going to believe what they believe. And we're always going to believe what we believe. So it's all about what you consume. And so choose to consume abundance mindset or abundance. What am I looking for? Media. And you'll become abundance minded. So how has your attitude towards money changed or evolved as you've achieved uh, success in your online business? Yeah. And that just goes back to that abundance for scarcity is when we were scarce minded, our businesses did not grow as fast. And we still get into that scarce mindset every once in a while when like cash flow is poor or we have something go poorly at, on our online business and we're trying to fix that. And we start to think, is, is this it? Is it over now? And then you just got to shift your mind again to that abundance thinking. And we actually have a coach that is a mindset coach. And whenever we're having problems, we actually call her up and she gets us out of the funk in two seconds. And it's amazing what she can do. She can just warp your mind and she calls it the monkey mind. The monkey mind will start to interfere with you. And that's when your brain starts going crazy and you don't know what to do next. And you think everything's going to go away. And then she has an amazing ability to just reshift your mind to then think, oh, okay, this isn't that bad. And usually it's not that bad. And whatever's happening in that present moment, you just want to take a deep breath, step away maybe for about an hour to a day to a week, and then come back to it because nothing's going to go away overnight. And you just have to kind of rethink how you're thinking about whatever you're thinking about, if that made sense. It definitely does. And I know that coaching is something that I believe in so strongly because I've, I've really experienced that firsthand. And I know that you're involved in a number of different mastermind groups and have you know have a coach as well. So could you talk a little bit about how masterminds have impacted your journey? Yeah. And that goes to the same thing as when we started focusing on our e-commerce business, it doubled in sales. When we joined our first high-level mastermind, that was about 25000 a year we almost tripled sales from that point. And I can't explain the importance of a mastermind group. It doesn't have to be a $25,000 one. It can be a free one that you just do in your area. But just know that any challenge you're, you're going into or any challenge that you're having has been dealt with in another industry or somebody else has dealt with it. And so getting people around you that are not only in your same industry, but are in different industries and just kind of talking about your problems usually you can come up with a solution because somebody else has dealt with that. And so now I'm just in a mastermind and there's just four of us. And then I have another mastermind group that's 10. And literally we would meet once a week. What are you working on? What are your challenges? And then we solve, we figure out a way around it. And we actually just got together in Asheville about a month ago and we all came with one big business challenge. And within 
three hours, we solved all four of our business challenges and we're in the process now of implementing ours. And it's taken about a month of starting it and we're doing a bunch of training around it. And I have one of my team members going through the training with me and then we're going to implement it here and we're hopefully going to have our first sale through that channel within the next three weeks or so. So have you had any major aha moments that have either come out of those masterminds or elsewhere on your journey to growing your online business? Tons. (laughs) Tons. <laughs> That's what I always say. So you may look at a $25,000 price tag on a mastermind to be really expensive. But then every time I go to the event, I ask myself, did this just make me $25,000? And if the answer is yes, every time I stay in that mastermind. But if the answer is no at any time, then that's when I switch. Same thing goes with conferences. Whenever I go to a conference that costs you know three to $6,000 to attend with airfare, hotels and everything, I always ask myself, was this worth it at the end? And if yes, I'm going to come back next year. And I always get that one or two things, one or two nuggets in each conference I go to, that's just going to shift my business completely. And I guarantee that if you hire a coach and they cost $5,000 a month or so, you will get what you deserve by how much you pay. And then you also got to ask yourself is, was it worth it every time? And I've had some masterminds that I didn't think were worth it anymore. So I dropped out of them. But then I've had some that were just like, this is worth 10x what I paid. And so I don't remember what the initial question is, but I think I answered it in there. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely did. I think that's such great advice. When you go to a conference, there's so much information being thrown at you. You know, same thing being in these mastermind groups. And really all it takes is that one piece of information that can really transform your business. Could you give us an example of, you know, one of those golden nuggets that you got that really made an impact for you? Yeah. So I actually have my book open right here of the last event that we were just at, just the four of us. And the one challenge that we have is we have a product that is truly revolutionary in the eye care space. It's an eyelid cleanser and it helps eliminate just a, it just really helps with a lot of diseases because when you clean your eyelids up, it helps with dry eye and blepharitis and all these other problems that happen with your eyes. And so we're trying to get this into the hands of as many people as we want. And so we're trying to get this one product to $10 million. And so we feel like we've maxed out our Amazon presence. We've done a lot with our website and we're working on that still. And so the guys in our mastermind group were like, this is the perfect product for ClickFunnels. For those of you that don't know it or your listeners that don't know it, ClickFunnels is a software where you can pretty much guide who's ever buying from you through a process that's going to help whatever they're trying to deal with. And so we're going to figure out a way to sell this product and get it to $10 million through ClickFunnels. And that's what we think is our ticket to get that product to 10 million. It's not about the revenue though. It's about truly helping people because there's about 30 million people in the United States alone that have dry eye and this product can help every single one of them. And so we have close to about 25 to 30,000 people on it now. So we're not even a 10th of the way there or you know 1% of the way there. And so there's another 99% of people out there that need our product that don't have it. So we just got to figure out how to get in front of them. And that's just trying different things and getting them into our funnel system and then getting them on the product. How would you say that risk-taking has played into your success? You know, of course, it, it was a huge risk that you took in selling your practices and moving into online business. How would you say that you approach risk or you know, think about these kinds of opportunities? Yeah, so <laughs> this is a great question because you'll hear all the time that you need to take a lot of risk to get a lot of reward. And I disagree with that completely. We take risk in our business, but it's always very calculated. And the reason we do that now is because I was in charge of operations and I was the visionary of our company for a long time. And last June, I was like, this is what we're going to do. 
we have Prime Day coming up. We're going to go for a big sales day. And we're going to have to order about $250,000 in inventory, which would be a huge risk because we had that in the bank and it would pretty much put our bank account to zero. And my wife was like, how about we just do half of what you're going for? And luckily, you know, we, I just dialed it down to half and something ended up happening to that shipment. It got stuck in customs because we have to be FDA cleared and it was stuck for four months. We missed prime day. And in the meantime, we had the shipment stuck. So after that, I realized that I should not be in operations for our business <laughs> and we shifted it over to Jenna and now we take very calculated risks. So we do take risks still and some of it does cost money. Some of it takes time, but it's very calculated. What's the end goal of this risk that we're getting ready to take? How much is it going to cost to get there? And what is the return or potential return that if this works out like it should, that it could cause our company? So ClickFunnels is an expensive risk for us. It's not that expensive, but it is. But if it works out, we could get up to $10 million overnight. Not overnight, but you know, (laughs) overnight, about a year or so it might take it. So we take very, very calculated risks now, but we used to just, just take very high risks and unfortunately it bit us and it about bankrupt us. So that's why we calculate risk now, but don't believe the high risk, high reward thing because you can take calculated risks and get just as much reward from that same risk. I think what's incredible about the opportunity in online business today too, is that there is the ability to start a business with very little capital invested up front. You know, obviously e-commerce is unique when you're investing in inventory, but there are so many different tools out there like ClickFunnels that allow you to build a funnel in an afternoon and, you know, test things with uh, you know, pretty low investment. So it's definitely uh, powerful advice for our listeners. So I think what is so fascinating about your business is the way that you have really built your mission into the fabric of you know what I love is. And so I know you mentioned that it was in 2007 when your mission to end preventable blindness was first inspired on a trip during optometry school. Could you tell us that story in a little bit more detail? Yeah, so I kind of hinted at it at the beginning of the episode, but it was pretty much in 2007 It was after my second year of optometry school, we were doing our first mission trip to Ecuador and it was about day three of the clinic. And what we do at the beginning of all these clinics is there's usually a line and we'll go through the line before clinic starts just to see if there's any emergency cases in there. And an emergency case being somebody that has red eyes or something. And this one guy was just holding his eye in pain and I brought him to the front of the line, got him into my clinic, my chair. It's like a patio chair that is next to another patio chair. That's what our exam lanes are. And we checked his pressure of his eye and normal pressure is about 22. His was about 88. So four times that of normal and 88 is an emergency. And so we started putting him on medications right there and we brought it all the way down to 30 over about a four hour period. And this guy was an 86 year old farmer, like tough guy. And he broke down in tears, started saying, God bless you, God bless you in Spanish. And then just hugged me. And I started crying and he's crying and everybody's crying. (laughs) And that was when I knew that this is where we need to be. That's when I knew that this is what I wanted to do with my life. And that was kind of the, the one person that truly changed everything. But every time we do these clinics, another thing is the children. When you get somebody that is 10 years old, that's never been able to see at school, that's falling behind and she's a minus seven and she's just very nearsighted. So she can only see about two inches in front of her face and you put a pair of these glasses on her and she sees everything for the first time. That's a truly remarkable experience that you'll never forget either. And that's what keeps us going is we get to see this over and over and over again every time we go. And it just doesn't get old. And it's fun to do that in the States too. I mean, putting somebody in glasses for the first time, but we have access here. 
Whereas in, in Jamaica, they don't. And in other countries that we work in, they just don't have that access. So when that happened back in Ecuador, I knew that this was going to be my life's mission. I didn't think I would get to it as soon as I have. And so that's the fun part is we didn't think we'd be able to dedicate full, almost full time to this at the age of 34 and 33. And here we are doing it. We thought we'd get to it around the age of 60 after we've lived our whole life of optometry and retired and everything. It's amazing. I think that oftentimes people feel like they need to reach some level of success before they can start giving back. But it's so true that you can start right where you are, even if it's at a smaller scale. And what you and Jenna have been able to do through these clinics is really remarkable. So with 703 million people blind due to the lack of eyeglasses, it's obviously, you know, an astounding and heartbreaking statistic. So with a problem of such massive scale, could you talk about how you see I Love Strategy evolving and what the path forward looks like over the next several years to maximize the number of people you can help? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, two people can't solve that problem. And so what we're doing is we take the profits of I Love, we donate it to our I Love Cares Foundation, which is ilovecares.org if you want to donate any money to it. But what we do is we take that money And it funds our clinics right now. And our clinics right now aren't sustainable clinics. They're MASH style clinics, meaning we go into some area, we set up a clinic for a week, and then we're gone. So unfortunately, they don't have ongoing care and they can't get their glasses adjusted or fixed if they break them. And so what our goal is with this is, and we think it's going to take about $200,000 per year per clinic. And what we can do is if we have, you know, $200,000 per year, we can set up a clinic in, let's say, Montego Bay. And this clinic is like a main hub. And at that main hub, you have a doctor like ourselves. And then what you do outside of that hub is you train a bunch of opticians, which are people that fit glasses, to go out into the communities and fit glasses in the communities. And if they can't fit the person, they send them back into the main hub to see the doctor. And the reason that's going to be so helpful is because most of that blindness... So I'm going to go back to what 700 million people blind due to lack of glasses means. It literally means... I just said it, but it's a lack of glasses that's causing this blindness. And so glasses that you can pick up at the Dollar General that are just reading glasses can fix most of these problems. And so if you teach somebody how to fit a plus two pair of readers, then they go out into the community, they fit these people, and these people can go back to work. An example that we always give is a fisherman because Jamaica has a lot of fishermen. A fisherman, once they turn around the age of 40 to 50, can no longer fish because they can't line their hook anymore because they can't see to do it. You throw a pair of reading glasses on them, they can go back to work. If they don't have those reading glasses, they become a beggar because they can't do anything else because that's what they've known their whole life and they need to be able to see up close in order to do it. And so you can truly change the lives of many, many people by just putting a pair of reading glasses on them. And if the reading glasses don't help, they send them into the hub and then they'll get fit for for real glasses. I see. So what led you to choose Jamaica as the place that you would focus your efforts first? Because it's Jamaica, man. (laughs) No, we actually just got started. I was reading our industry-wide, nationwide like newsletter. And there was a call for doctors for a mission trip to Jamaica. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's go to Jamaica. We've never been there. And we went on this mission trip and we fell in love with it because we stay at a sandals. (laughs) And staying at a sandals is very, very nice. We call it... So the organization we go through is called VOSH and it's Volunteers for Optometric Services to Humanity. And we call this mission trip Poshvash because we stay at a sandals. And usually when we go on these mission trips, we stay at a bunkhouse. And I, I still remember Ecuador. It was a big bunkhouse that we all stayed in. 
literally bunk beds, top and bottom, and the walls were screens and we had to scrape scorpions off our bed every night. (laughs) So it was an interesting dynamic to a mission trip. And then we went to Jamaica and it was the people mainly. We got to stay to Sandals, yes, but it was the people. They're just a very friendly folk. And people say, don't go off the resort in Jamaica. And yes, it can be dangerous, but there's a lot of love in Jamaica and it's a lot of fun. And Jamaica is a very manageable island. I think there's, I'm going to butcher this, but I think there's about 3 million people on Jamaica. I could be completely wrong on that. I'm going to look it up now on Wikipedia. But there's 500,000 people per two ophthalmologists in Jamaica. To give you an example of the United States, it's about 10,000 to one. And so it's a very, very different dynamic of access to care. Yeah, so there's 2.88 in Jamaica. And so just um, Jamaica is in need and it's a manageable number with only being 3 million people, but it's still a hard to achieve number two. And so it's kind of a good country to start. And we do, we do work here in the United States as well, but Jamaica is just kind of we fell into it through this organization. We fell in love with it through this organization. And this is who we still go with. And we're helping this organization because they've got a good foothold in Jamaica and they're really helping do sustainable clinics. They're starting to do that. And we're just helping them along the way. I was there for the first time in January, actually. And everything you're saying is so true. They're just the most gracious people, so full of love, so welcoming. So that's wonderful. How do you think that achieving personal and professional success through your businesses has impacted your ability to give back and make a difference? I feel like I've always put the mission first. And so I feel like the mission's changed me more professionally and personally than the other way around. The nice thing of the success that we've had has helped us focus on the mission even more. But I'll give an example to kind of illustrate this point more. When we first started I Love, we were just trying to sell our products. And trying to sell your products can be very hard because you're just trying to sell the whole time. And we had a shift back in August of 2016 where we decided to just start giving. And we started a community called the Dry Eye Syndrome Support Community on Facebook. And we didn't even have a dry eye product yet. And we literally just it started building organically. We did live videos in it. We did we answered questions and comments and everything. And it just grew organically. It's got about 4,500 people now. And all we did is provide them with free content. And now we have products for dry eye and blepharitis and other disease processes. And it's mainly a result of building this community, giving them value first, and then them coming to us saying, we want a better XYZ product. Can you make it? And then we're like, okay, we'll look into it. And so every single product we've come out with for dry eye has been a result of our community that we built by just providing them content they come to us and ask for something better. And so I know that doesn't, it goes along with our mission a little bit, but it doesn't. But I think when you start giving, the world will come beside you and help you get to your goals professionally and personally when you start focusing on giving first. And so our charity has, and our mission has morphed our professional and personal lives versus the other way around. That's an incredible perspective and it is absolutely true. And I think it really does go back to the idea we touched on earlier that it's it's never too early to start giving and there's no, you know, no amount of time or money or energy that is too small. When you start, it is remarkable the way that that comes back to you and allows you to continue to make a bigger and bigger impact. So thinking back on everything that you've done, 
You shared uh, one specific story. I was wondering if you could touch on, you know, what has been your most meaningful and fulfilling moment or experience, you know, since that first man in Ecuador? It's really cool now that we've come out with this patented product. It's called Hydrate Linen Lash Cleanser. And like I said, it's an eyelid cleanser. And it's really neat because we get videos, we get pictures, we get testimonials all the time straight to our email that shows us before and after pictures of and these long stories from our customers that just talk about, you know, I've tried everything. And as soon as I found your group on Facebook, it's changed how I treat my dry eye. It's changed everything. And the funny thing is we preach on our Facebook group to cure dry eye naturally. And so we have a whole challenge course. We talked a little bit about it before we went on air about how we're creating this community that's going to be $27 a month to be in. And when you join it, it's going to be an eight-week challenge for you to treat dry eye naturally. And it doesn't involve any of our products. And we know that if you shift the way you're doing things, that will help with treating everything. And you may not even have to use our products in the long run. And that's our goal. But getting the testimonials from this group that they've tried everything and even their doctors haven't been able to help them. And then them sending us before and after pictures. It's just incredible because these are people that dry eye can truly be debilitating. And when you rethink how you treat it and when you're doing things a little differently, then getting those testimonials is what makes it worth it. And just, I mean, just the other day, like a week ago, a lady sent us a before and after picture and before her eyes were just terrible. And literally she said, this is two weeks later. And it's like a whole new person because her swelling's gone down, no red eyes anymore. And she looks like a completely different person. And it's just amazing stories like that, that keep us going and that, that we just want to keep going because of it. And so I would say that group, and it's mostly 55 year old and older females. And it's great because we're like best friends. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, Travis, thank you for everything that you shared with us today. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I would like to move into what I call the impact round. So I'm going to ask you a series of short questions and I'd like for you to respond with the first answer that pops into your head. Are you ready? Sounds good. All right. So who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well? It's going to be the cheesy response of my father has always worked very hard and he still works about 50 to 70 hours a week, even to this day. And he's been with the same company for 50 years. And so seeing him is an example of doing well and always working pretty much hard at whatever you're doing and to give it your all. I'm sure he's incredibly proud of what he sees you doing now as well. That's wonderful. So then who has been the most impactful person in feeding your drive to do good? So to do good is my mother. And because my mother is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet and seeing how she treats people and how she treats everybody around her, it is hugely motivational for me to really, it's taught me how to really treat people. And I can tell she got it from her mother who was the same way. And so it just kind of cascades. And then my sister is the same way too. So you can see it just kind of flowing down and it's pretty amazing. They always treat people really well. And now you get to pass that on to your son. Yeah, exactly. So when you are having a bad day, I know you've talked a little bit about mindset and and how important that is. What do you do to get yourself out of the funk? I actually did it before we went on air for five minutes and it was meditation. It helps out. I'll do either a five minute to 60 minute to two hour meditation. And that usually gets me out of my funk. I was feeling a little funky and just did a five minute meditation before we got on air. And I felt a hundred times better when I was getting on air with you. Do you have any app that you use or any tools that you would recommend? 
Yeah. So I use insight timer. Insight timer is a great free app and you can choose like how much time you want to spend. And it's actually like a a social meditation app where the community uploads meditations and then you can rate them and just go through them and everything. It's fun. That's the one that I use as well, actually. Nice. It's a great app. <laughs> what book do you find yourself recommending to people most often? So one of my favorite books, if you're in business, is Ready, Fire, Aim, because it teaches you how to go from zero to 1 million, 1 million to 10, and 10 million to 100 million. And so just seeing those different phases of your business really helps out. So Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson. Okay, very good. What is one thing on your bucket list? So I've been lucky enough that I've done a ton of stuff and... I would say the one thing that's missing right now is I would love to go to Africa on a mission trip and do a safari in Africa as well. Very cool. And then what is the worst piece of advice that you've received related to success? And then on the flip side, what's the best piece of advice that you would give to our listeners? Yeah. So the worst advice is what I hinted at earlier, high risk equals high reward. Mm -hmm. And I completely disagree with that. Calculated risk equals great reward. And so just know what you're getting into and you should never invest in anything, whether it be your business, yourself or anything, if you don't know what's going to come out the other side. And so that's my worst piece of advice is high risk, high reward. The best piece of advice is a quote from Gandhi. And I love this advice and I followed it since I was about 17 years old. And it's live as if you were to die tomorrow, but learn as if you were to live forever. And it's just constantly educate yourself. I dedicate 30 minutes of my morning right when I wake up to education. I then read to my son a business book. Yes, I don't read him kids books for about 30 minutes. So that's again, feeding my mind. And then I try to live each day unregrettably. And so I want to be happy every time I go to bed. Like, did I live this day to the fullest? Yes or no. And an example of that is we just went on a one month long road trip and it was a jam-packed day every single day. And we went to bed exhausted every single night. Where'd you go? We went to Asheville, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., Boston, Portland, Maine, Montreal, Quebec, Toronto, Niagara Falls, Cleveland for the NBA Finals game, and then back home. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Some beautiful, beautiful places there. So then lastly, Travis, before we say goodbye, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, more about I Love, and to, of course, get some of your products? Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks for letting me put this in here. The best way to contact me is on Facebook. So just look up Travis Ziegler. I think my Facebook URL is like facebook.com forward slash Dr. D-R Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S, Z-I-G-L-E-R. So forward slash Dr. Travis Ziegler on Facebook. And then you can visit ilovethesun.com, E-Y-E, lovethesun.com. And that is our website. You can also find us on Amazon as well. And if anybody has dry eyes, that is a listener, you can visit freehydrate.com and that will give you a free bottle of our eyelid cleanser to try out. You just have to pay shipping. And so, yeah. And then if you want to donate to our charity, it's ilovecares.org. That's E-Y-E, lovecares.org. And we will, of course, link to all of this in the show notes. So be sure and check there if you're listening. Well, Travis, it has been such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, everyone, that's our show. Before we sign off from our very first episode, I want to introduce you to the Do Well and Do Good Challenge. If the I Love Cares Foundation or any of the other nonprofits shared by our guests touches your heart, make a contribution and then email a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowellanddogood.co. Your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having in making the world a better place. And as for me, 
Well, each month, I will be donating 10% of my after-tax income to whichever one of the nonprofits showcased by our guests that you vote for inside of our free Facebook community. Not only will we host the vote inside of the Facebook group, but I'll also be sharing tips, ideas, resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. Head to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook to join. That's dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook. In the group, you'll also find a link to my calendar where we can schedule a time to chat one-on-one about your goals, your ambitions, and how I can make this show more valuable to you. I'll see you there and thanks for listening.